Chapter 16. Perry Packs Perry Penderwinkle walked cautiously up the last flight of steps and paused as he peered down the skinny hallway leading to his apartment. It looked as it always did when he arrived home from work. The neighbor's trash bags lay in the hallway. Perry could see a day or two's worth of mail sitting in front of his door. Nothing out of the ordinary, Penderwinkle thought as he relaxed a little and approached his apartment door. He gathered up the mail, mostly bills and a few advertisements, and unlocked the door to his apartment. The place smelled musty and a little bit like rotten fruit. Perry had forgotten to take out the garbage at the beginning of the week, and the rotten food smell had grown even stronger while he was gone. He switched on the light and threw the mail onto the kitchen counter. The phone's message light was blinking, but Perry told himself he'd just check it later. He didn't want to stay in the apartment a moment longer than he had to. As Penderwinkle made his way through the living room, he noticed how surprisingly cool the apartment was. In fact, he could feel a draft blowing in from the bedroom. Odd. Surely I didn't leave the air conditioner on while I was away, he thought, heading toward the bedroom. When he entered the room and flipped on the light, Perry Penderwinkle found his room in complete disarray. The air conditioner lay on the floor, and the window was open. The sheets on his bed had been stripped, and the chest of drawers had been ransacked. Clothes were strewn about the room. Papers from his desk had been scattered across the room on the floor, on the bed, beneath his clothes. His closet, too, had been torn apart. Someone had been here, and Perry feared he knew exactly who it was. Marcus. Perry closed the open window making sure to lock it before lowering the shades and drawing the curtains. He must have come through the fire escape. Perry started to pick up his clothes, beginning the slow process of putting the room back in order when he stopped himself, realizing the futility of such an act. What's the point in cleaning? I'm not staying here anyway, he told himself. And so Perry Penderwinkle went through the house, grabbing only those things he thought he'd need for the next few days, Extra clothes, deodorant, toothbrush, two towels, a razor, a book, a notepad and pens, and the few remaining groceries in his fridge that had not yet spoiled. He could keep the food in the break room fridge, and the rest would be stowed in his office. With nothing else left to do in the apartment, save for setting out the week-old bag of rotten trash, Perry exited his home for what he hoped would be the last time this week. If all went as planned, the next time Perry Penderwinkle returned home, Marcus Ingram would be a thing of the past, and Perry Penderwinkle could return to his new life, his new life in America. Chapter 17. Penderwinkle's Panic Perry finished putting the last of his leftover food in the break room fridge. The office had been closed now for over three hours which was just enough time for Perry to return to his apartment with all his belongings without the fear of running into anyone and having to answer any unwanted questions. He had managed to pack the remainder of his things into two suitcases, which he now carried with him into his office. Perry was careful not to turn on too many lights as he moved through the building. The last thing he needed was some curious security guard or employee showing up to see what he was up to at this time of night. Penderwinkle stowed the suitcases in the small coat closet inside his private office. He fit what clothing he could on the top shelf 
and the rest was stowed away discreetly in the unused drawer of a filing cabinet that sat in the corner. On his way over from the apartment, Perry had the opportunity to pick up a rolled-up foam pad, which he would use as his bed for the next few days. He was greeted with a number of suspicious glances as he made his way through the department store with two large suitcases in tow. It was the first time in memory that he had noticed store employees keeping a not-so-subtle eye on him as he shopped. Conversely, when he boarded the subway, no one seemed even the slightest bit interested in a man in a cast dragging two suitcases and a large rolled-up mattress pad onto the train. As he rolled out his mattress and blankets for the night, Perry reviewed his plan. He would, outwardly, continue to go about his daily routine, so as not to tip off Marcus, in case he was already watching Perry. He would even leave work and head back to his apartment building each day, though he would not be foolish enough to enter his own apartment. His plan was to enter the building, change clothes, and head out the back entrance. In the morning, he would wake up early and do the reverse, slipping back into his building, exiting through the front, and taking his usual commute into the office. He figured it would be at least a day or two before Marcus realized what Perry was doing. Maybe, just maybe, Marcus would be careless enough to be spotted outside Penderwinkle's apartment. Perry Penderwinkle switched off the light in the room and started to close his office door, when he noticed a momentary flicker coming from further down the hall followed by a chime. He recognized the sound at once. It was the sound of the elevator. Someone was coming up to the floor. Perry pushed his door closed, so it was cracked open just enough for him to still see out into the area near the elevators. The doors opened, momentarily flooding a small portion of the office in harsh fluorescent light. Perry saw the silhouette of a figure emerge. It was a man. Penderwinkle's pulse quickened as he prepared himself for the worst. He was trapped in his office, no other exit but the one he now stood behind. If he tried to leave, the figure would surely spot him. The door to his office had no lock, so the option of barricading himself inside was not available to him. He watched in anticipation as the figure made its way clumsily through the dark. Had he so badly miscalculated Marcus Ingram? How had he found Perry so quickly, so effortlessly? Light suddenly filled the room into which Penderwinkle was peering. Marcus had found the light switch. He had apparently moved to a section of the room out of Perry's sight line because the man was nowhere to be found. Perry braced himself, but then something unexpected happened. The figure walked back into view, and it was not Marcus Ingram. It was none other than Martin Nesson. Never did Perry Penderwinkle think he'd be so relieved, so happy to see the likes of Martin Nesson. He was halfway to opening the door and greeting Martin, so great was his relief, before he caught himself, realizing how difficult it would be to explain his own presence in the office. Perry was not supposed to be here, not at this time of night. He could imagine the terrible fright he'd undoubtedly give Nesson if he were to step out of his office and greet the man. No, Perry thought. Best to keep quiet and wait for him to leave. The last thing I need is Martin Nesson finding out I've taken up residence at the office. And so, Perry kept quiet, watching from behind the relative safety of his office door, trying to figure out what in the hell Martin Nesson was doing here at this time of night. Chapter 18, Perry's Precarious Position it had taken all of five minutes for Perry Penderwinkle to deduce that Martin Nesson was drunk, profoundly drunk. 
First, Nesson stumbled over an office chair, collapsing all the way to the floor, only to stand up again, but this time with a bloodied lip. Next, he made his way over to the break room fridge, where he grabbed anything and everything he could carry, bringing it back to one of the desks in the main area. Perry could only see a portion of Martin's back and head as he sat down for the late-night feast, chewing, smacking, guzzling away until he made himself sick and vomited in the nearest waste paper bin. Having finished his meal and seemingly unconcerned with the mess he'd left for whatever poor soul would return to the desk in the morning, Nesson returned to the kitchen. Perry listened to the man as he struggled to drink from the sink until, eventually, he vomited again. Nesson emerged from the break room, now wearing what Perry could only assume was most of Nesson's late-night snack. With one eye open and the other squinted shut, the man searched the office for a place to sleep, stabilizing himself with a hand on the wall or any other moderately stable surface he could find. To Penderwinkle's surprise, however, Nesson suddenly headed down the hallway, stumbling his way towards Perry's office. Certainly the man did not intend to sleep in Perry's office of all places. As quickly and quietly as he could, Perry raced back to the middle of his office, where he'd laid down his blankets and mattress pad. He folded the mattress pad in half and wadded the blankets in a small bundle, pulling them along with him as he crawled under his desk, hoping beyond hope that Nesson would not think to turn on the lights. Penderwinkle waited. He could hear Nesson's footsteps shuffling closer to the door as he noisily bumped into the walls, stumbling again at least once. After what seemed an eternity, Perry heard the door slowly creak open, followed by the sound of heavy, uneven footsteps. The smell also followed Nesson in, much to Penderwinkle's dismay. The footsteps continued over to the far end of the office, near one of the large floor-to-ceiling windows that looked out over the city. Perry was grateful he'd thought to draw the blinds when he'd arrived earlier in the evening. If he had not, the city lights would have flooded in through the large windows, making Penderwinkle's current hiding spot nearly impossible to miss. As it was, however, the room was quite dark, and short of coming over and choosing the spot beneath Perry's desk for himself, Nesson was unlikely to notice him. Within five minutes of entering the room, Martin Nesson was fast asleep on the floor, snoring so loud that Perry feared the man might damage his vocal cords. Confident that he would not wake any time soon, Perry covertly crawled out from underneath his desk, blankets and mattress pad in tow. It looked like he would be finding someone else's office to sleep in tonight. He would worry about Martin Nesson in the morning.